Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. We are doing a series called Circles. If you uh, have been with us regularly or if you've been catching up online, uh, we're doing a a sermon series called Circles. And today, uh, my goal is for us to talk about our circles of influence. Uh, I want to talk about how we can be better influencers for Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you for your word. God, I'm trusting you today that you will use me, Lord, in spite of myself, that you'll say what you want to say, God, that you, by your Holy Spirit, will help us to hear your voice, to understand your word in ways we never have before, God, to the point that it impacts our decisions and our choices and our lifestyle. That's what we're after, God. We want to be transformed. We don't want to just be hearers. We want to become the kind of people that hear your word and with the help of your spirit, we make it happen in Jesus' name. Amen. So my title today is called Blessed to be a Blessing. Blessed to be a Blessing. Um, I wonder how many of us here today, uh, if we were to look at our lives now, we would say that they are a direct result of things that we encountered when we were younger and decisions that we made. Amen? Uh, my life is very much today influenced by a, f- a, sh- a period of my life when I was mm, about seven to ten years old. Uh, I live my life now because of what I encountered back then. My mom was a chronic alcoholic and um, I saw all sorts of things that I don't think kids should have to see. I was a part of things that I don't think kids should have to endure um, and without going into any detail, it wasn't great by any means. And as a result of that, I, I made a quality decision as a youngster because I didn't ever want to end up that kind of parent. I chose never to drink. And to this day, I never have. Because that's a choice I made because of something I encountered as a young person because I didn't want to perpetuate that in my life. And the point that I'm trying to make when I share this with you is that we all have a history. Amen? We all have a past. Some of it is not great, and that is a direct result of choices that we have made. Amen? Things that we regret, that we're trying to live down, that we're trying to leave behind. Maybe the world won't let us. Maybe there are people around us who keep reminding us about who we used to be and what we did. Some of the things in our past are as a result of other people's actions. Amen. Actions have consequences. Other people's choices affect our lives. Amen. And so we're going to talk about a guy today called Jabez. Everyone say Jabez. All right. How many of you, that's the first time you've ever heard that name? Okay, because there was a book written a while back by a guy called Bruce Wilkerson about the prayer of Jabez. So I was just saying to someone earlier, I feel like everyone knows about Jabez. But Jabez is a guy who is mentioned in the Bible one time. Two verses of the Bible are written about him and nothing more. He comes, his story comes from the book of Chronicles. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 
If you were to read that chapter, it's, it's, it's heavy reading. I'm not going to lie. It is lineage. It is so-and-so had so-and-so, and these were his sons. And this was his cousin. And this was his brother. And so it goes on. And then suddenly, this little story about Jabez comes, two verses, and we never hear about him again. And so we're going to talk about Jabez today because he is a man, essentially, who's trying to live down his past. His past has affected his life to the point that he wants to be different, and he wants to live differently, and he wants to be known as something different. How many of you could fall into that category? Amen? I don't want my future story to look like my old story. Amen? When you come into a relationship with Jesus, he's in the business of making everything new. Amen. And so we're going to look at Jabez's story. Uh, so let's read First Chronicles chapter 4 from verse 9. We're just going to read one verse for now. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Sounds good, right, so far? His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now, every birth is painful, I believe, <laughs> from what I've seen and from what I've heard, but not all births are equal. Amen? For some, it's easier. For others, it is torture, right? Whose fault is that? Good old Adam and Eve, thank you very much. So, listen now, his mom was obviously so affected by this labor that she gave birth to him and she gave him the name Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now, Jabez has a meaning, and Jabez means pain. Imagine naming your kid pain. I just need you to digest this idea for a little while to understand what poor Jabez deals with. The Bible says that he stood out from his brothers. When it talks about him as being more honorable, that word honorable is quite a tricky word because it can mean two things. It can mean like a man of integrity who stands out from others because they're honest and they're worthy of honor, right? But if you look in your concordance, as I know you all do, You'll see there that there is another option for this word, and it is often used to describe situations or to imply heaviness, grievousness, burdensome, and hardship. Now, when we look at these two verses today, I don't think that he was named pain because he made his mom happy. Right? Uh, I was trying to think why you would call your child pain. I mean, I think that is just some of the most unkind thing you could do in your life for your child. Every time someone calls you, every time someone says your name, the past is remembered. Amen? And poor old Jabez is thinking about his mother giving birth to him, thinking, man, I hurt that woman so bad. I was imagining if it was modern day, if you were to walk into Domino's and order a pizza, right? You know what happens when the pizza's ready? 
pain. Thanks again for the reminder. Or going into Starbucks, though we don't have one here. I know they like to write your name on the cup. Cappuccino for pain. I want you to understand what this guy's life must be like. Literally everyone he introduces himself to. Every time he filled out a form, if he filled out a form, he had to write there, pain. It was like, if you knew this guy, you knew that he was the cause of pain. And I can't imagine that as a person, that is a comfortable thing to live with. I imagine it's a burden. Amen? So when it talks about him being more honorable than his brothers, I think the poor guy was trying to live down something that happened many years ago every single day of his life. Whenever someone met him and said, Hi, pain. This poor guy had a past that he wanted to be free from. So I was thinking about why. I mentioned this earlier. Why would you as a mom call your child pain in this circumstance? Maybe it's because he broke you and you resent him for it as a parent, right? Or if we like to put a positive spin on it, maybe it was a horrible situation, but look who came out of it. Amen? But I don't really think it was that one somehow. Sorry. I'm trying to be positive but I can't understand why you would call your son pain. Either way, it seems that Jabez was motivated to distance himself from this idea of pain. If we read the rest of our passage in verse 10, you will see he didn't want to be known as that man. If you've had a past, if you, let me put it this way, you know yourself better than any other person on this planet. You see yourself in the clearest light. You can project something of what you want people to see in you, but you know. Amen? Jabez didn't want to be that person. He wanted to be different. So verse 10 says, He cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me, and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm. The New King James says, so that I will be free from pain. The NIV says, so that I will not cause pain. There's a clue, isn't it? This is what everybody thinks about me. This is how I'm remembered when they say my name. I don't want to be that guy. And so he cries out to the Lord and says, God, move in my life. And we're going to look at his particular prayer because we're talking today about the fact that God can take you and he can take me and in spite of our past, he can make us people of influence. So that when we look back on our lives, we don't just see regret. We don't just see despair. In fact, that's so far away that it's so foreign to who we are right now that we don't remember it anymore. What we see is radically different. And people see it too. Because we're not just pretending. We're actually different. So let's look at his prayer this morning. I'm going to break it down sentence by or part by part. 
Because I want you to understand what he's asking God for. He says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. He's not saying, Oh, Lord, just a crumb from the table. Just the scraps will do. Lord, I want to be blessed indeed. What does that idea of blessing mean? It brings this idea of divine favor. God, I want my life to be favored by the King of heaven. You know, the one that we've been singing about, who created the stars and the planets and life and everything praises him. That God, I want to be favored by you, Lord. I want people to look at my life and it's going to stand out and they're going to say, favored, blessed, that guy. Your goodness in my life, evidently, Lord, he's talking about, your anointing in my life, evidently, your authority in my life, evidently, I want to seem to others, because it's my reality, that I am set apart. That's what it means. When he says, Lord, would you bless me? It's one little word, but man, it's a powerful word. Amen? Lord, bless me. What is your prayer to the Lord? Some of us, I fear, have our chin on our chest, and we feel despairing, and we feel unworthy, and we ask God for very little because we're not worthy, Lord. But I want to tell you a different story today because God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. Amen? He goes on to say, Lord, enlarge my territory. You know, in those days, if you had land and if you had properties and if you had cattle and possessions, you know, the thing that when a king conquered another land, he basically took all of their people and all of their stuff and he became of greater renown. Amen? Your physical property in those days represented influence. He's saying, God, I want you to push back the borders on my life. Maybe some of us here today feel like we live under a bit of a glass ceiling, like we just can't break through, that we want more, but we just never see it. I want to tell you today that God wants to shatter the borders around your life. He wants to enlarge your territory. He wants to enlarge your influence. He wants people to see what is happening in your life and be impacted by it. You are blessed. And God wants people to see that blessing outworked in your life as he enlarges your influence. He goes on to say, Lord, that your hand would be with me. Just imagine now the power of God's hand at work in your life. Miraculous power outworked through you, in you, to you, from you. Amen? God, that your hand would be with me. Lord, I don't want to go through life making my best guesses about what the right thing is to do. Would you lead me with your right hand? Your hand at work in my life, God. I recognize that I only have so much to offer Jesus, but you're the extra. You're the what I can't be. You're the more 
the abundance that I cannot find in the world. You're the change that can happen in me and you're the change that can happen through me. Lord, I want your hand on my life. I want your hand at work in my life. That's what Jabez is praying. It goes on to say that you would keep me from evil. And in my mind, I think there's two sides to this. Lord, that you would protect me from outside influences. Even when people make stupid choices, I pray that you would protect me from the repercussions of their choices. Because you're good, God, and you're kind. And God, I pray that you will keep me from living a life of evil. I want my life to be lived righteously for you. I want my impact to be a righteous impact, God. Do you know that every decision that you make impacts the people around you? If you make good choices, you reap the benefits of your good choices and the people around you do too. You make stupid choices, they hammer you and affect the people who are standing around you too. Keep me, Lord, from evil. What a great prayer, amen, so far. You can see this guy doesn't want to be known as a man of pain. He wants to be known as a man of blessing. Amen. And then he goes on to say that I may not cause pain. Lord, I've lived with the weight of my past and I don't want to live with the weight of my past anymore. I want that burden lifted from my shoulders, God. I want people to be happy when I'm around them. I don't want them to frown and be sad or feel hurt when I'm around. I want them to rejoice in my presence, Lord. I want to be a source of rejoicing for those around me. And the Bible goes on to say in the last little bit, so God granted what he requested. Just sounds too easy, doesn't it? Why would God not want to answer that prayer in the affirmative? Huh? When the Bible talks about how he will answer our prayers and give us the things that we ask for when we pray in accordance with his will. Do you want to know what his will is? It's right here. It's right here. These prayers are prayers that God wants to say yes to. And so I want to learn, let us just quickly as we close today, I want to look at five lessons that we can learn from this story. Number one, you may agree with me, you might not. Without Christ in our lives, listen now, we are all a type of Jabez in the world. We're a source of pain. I'm not saying that when we get saved we become perfect. But apart from Christ, we can offer no hope to the world. All we are alike is like a plaster on a wound. Amen? We can apply a little bit of ointment and cover it up, but we cannot give hope for healing. And so when we talk about this idea, the title of my sermon today is Blessed to be a Blessing. God is calling us to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Amen. When we are in Christ, we are changed from death to life. 
The old goes and the new comes. We begin to see things through the lens of truth. And we begin to be people who live by faith. And the outcome is that our lives are changed and we have a message to give people and we have a life to live in front of them that will give them hope. So that's our first lesson today. Without Christ, we may as well all be called pain. Amen? Because there's no source of joy apart from Christ. If you're here today, and your life is full of pain, and you've never taken the opportunity to take a step and cross the line of faith and say, Jesus, I've been trying all my life to fix myself. I've been trying all my life to be a different person, and I've realized I can't. I need you. If you could invite him into your life today, it would be beginning, the beginning of the story of your life, the rest of your life. A blessing. The second thing that we learned today, this is a good one, and I don't know if you've got it yet, right? In the Old Testament before Jesus, these are the kinds of prayers that people used to say. And it was like, God, I'm trying to be good enough. Please would you bless me if you think I'm worthy. You know what it's like? Pull your socks up. Come on. You need to be better than you are. Old Testament. We live in a covenant now since Jesus has come where we are blessed. All these things that Jabez is praying for as an Old Testament character, we have in Christ. We just are not connected correctly in our thinking to the reality And because of that, we're not living like blessed people. We're living like sinners. Oh Lord, please don't smite me. I want to tell you today that you are forgiven. That you are accepted. That you are favored. That you have authority. That you have power that the resources of heaven are yours, that God lives in you. You are the righteousness of Christ. You are the hope of the world because of Christ living in you. Stop thinking about yourself as someone who needs to be a performing pony and understand where you are right now because of Jesus because of what Jesus did, brother and sister in Christ, you are blessed. Live like a blessed person. Amen? Stop living looking in the rearview mirror. Look ahead. See what God is opening up for you. Number three, this is good as well. Jabez is a living example that God can take your biggest mess, your biggest mistakes, your biggest failures, your biggest regrets, and he can write a different story with them. The Bible says that he can work all things together for the good of those who love him. Your past does not define your future. Amen. 
You are a new creation. And God is working it all together for his good. All together for his good. Number four, believe it or not, God wants to use you as a person of influence. You already are a person of influence. You just need to decide what influence. Amen? Who is going to lead the influences of your life? Who's going to shape the kind of influencer that you are? You are an influencer, and God wants you to be an influence for good, for his good in the world, if you'll let him. The last thing that I really feel like is the big thing for us today. We need to check our motivation. Right now, as we sit with these words washing over us today, reflecting on our own lives, we need to say, what is my motivation in life right now? What do I need to do differently, right? Because if you and I want to be standout influencers for God, we need to stop living mediocre lives. We need to stop being complacent. And I'm talking to myself today as much as I'm talking to all of us. We can't expect to have an impact for the Lord if we're not living with our eyes on Him, with our hearts turned towards Him. Where pride is falling down in our lives and we're willing to say, God, whatever you want. We sang it again today. All of yours, Lord, is what I want. I want to live for you, God. So what does that look like? What can I do to grow deeper as a believer? How can I improve what I'm currently doing? How can I excel? How can I excel at work? How can I excel as a parent? How can I excel as a son or a daughter? You know, how can I excel as a husband or wife? Where can I improve? Because as I grow closer to the image of Jesus, my impact and my borders and my territory is enlarged for good. Working hard, prioritizing God things, being intentional, eating well, sleeping well, all of these kind of things will enable us to live a life that leaves a greater mark for Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> when um, Jabez is praying this prayer, I'm absolutely sure that he is remembering back to when God calls Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 because his prayer is so similar to what God says to Abraham. <clears throat> Listen, 
the Lord God said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. Listen now. And I will make you, one person, into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless. There's a lot of blessing going on right now. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all of the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. God wants to bless you, my friend. Not so that you can just say, hey man, I'm blessed. So that you can be a blessing. Amen. Making an impact in the world. In every circle of influence that you find yourself in. Just remember, you are already influencing. <laughs> what is the influence, though? Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.